Good morning, all hands on deck. Today is Thursday, October 13th, 2020. We are in episode two of season two. Oh, I am so sorry. Did I say October? Augusto. It's Augusto, Joanne. Anyways, so let's do it. You know, now I got I'm not gonna retake because let me tell you why, Shannon. Okay. And I'll before I introduce you. Mistakes are just a part of the journey. I misspeak all the time and then I hear it back and I'm all like, no, I mispronounced that word or I gave uh, something that was not exactly factual, perhaps a, an opinion. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so I took uh, some time off. My last recording was May 27th and the reason I paused because I felt a real need just to pause and, and do more research on what the gravitational pull of my heart was going with and I just wanted to learn more number one about evolving number two about a journey and just being woke on it as women and I just was learning a lot with listening and being mentored by other podcasts and what um, information they were sharing like Dr. Anita Phillips, uh, Sarah Jakes Robert, Adarius Daniels. And that was just like my whole thing, especially with women's mental health. And it doesn't mean you're like full-blown on medication or anything, but how women take care of themselves even daily. What do we do to take care of our hearts, our spirits, whether it be, you know, painting our nails or... or uh, a facial, a pedicure, getting dressed up because during the pandemic we live in our pajamas or our sweats and even getting dressed up for the day even though we're not particularly going anywhere. But anyway, so I wanted to take time. So since May to August, I've picked up a lot and I've mentored and piggybacked off of a lot of things that that just was pulling my heart like this gravitational pull towards women's equality, towards women's health, towards a woman's involvement to wholeness and journey to wholeness and what have you. So I have two guests. One of them has already appeared several times, which would be Michael Madre Valentina, but uh, on the podcast, you know her as Cookie or Cook. And then we also have today our childhood friend, Shannon, who we met... I want to say in the mid-80s, mid to later 80s, later 80s for sure. But I think my first memory of Shannon was, of course, at church. That was our, our, our meeting place. That's how we all uh, came to know each other. But uh, uh, church culture, so to speak. So Shannon joined the church uh, later after it was uh, well-established. So... We welcome Shannon and Valentina. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. morning, everyone. Valentina Cook, what would be your first recollection of Shannon in our lives? Do you have your, like, first memory? Because I, I don't have anything in detail. I remember we lived on Eucalyptus, and they showed up in this great big van. Was it the brown yeah, one? It was the Aerostar. <laughs> that yeah. brown Aerostar Paisa van now. Yes, we all And uh, Renee was, Renee like ratted the house and she was all excited. And 
Shannon and Karen were like, what the heck are we doing at this house? Yeah. And, like, they were kind of standoffish, and um, I just remember looking at them, and I was like, who are these people? Like, new, there's new people. Right. Like, I was just so excited because Renee was, like, so down to play. Mm-hmm. And then I just remember, like, they did not want to be there. Her and, her and Karen were like, right. standoffish. standoffish. What the heck is mm-hmm. And Renee was like, look at all this stuff we can explore. Like, mm-hmm. she was probably under Renee, the table playing like, somewhere. Remember my Nana had this big, humongous piano in the living yes. room? Yes. And I remember Renee went straight to the piano. Like she could play? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I remember about Shep. And the thing about that household is you were able to play mm-hmm. the piano. Mm-hmm. Versus you walk in somebody else's house and they're, oh, that's just for show or that's, you know, it's legit. It, yes. You know, it's for concerts. And there go little Renee, da 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 da, da 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 da, you know, not knowing, but I, she was she was very down to earth. I don't recall any, like I said, any vivid memory. I just remember you just like being there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you weren't, and sometimes you were because you would go back and forth to your dad's yes. or whatever, but. Um, that was the very first time you guys. That went over. That we met you. Wow. Yeah. And Kara must have. I think Renee was maybe six or seven, so I was ten or eleven. Kara was already a teenager, so yeah, she really wasn't having it. Like, I wonder how my daughter met your mom. Yeah, that's that's a good. That's true. Because oh, Sister Rachel was already going there. Oh, we Sister Rachel Sister was your Rachel babysitter. Yeah. Babysitter. And Sister Rachel, we went to where Wagon Wheel and all of that was. There was a Christian church that right. she used to take me and Renee to. Uh-huh. And then she ended up getting my mom into it. And we started going there. And then Sister Rachel changed and went to that one. So we followed, followed her. her sister Angie. Because Sister Angie was in our church. Uh, so and they were went. sisters. Yep. So Did she's Sister Rachel Yes. Sister Rachel she passed did. away. Yeah. And yeah. I recall you telling me. That you went to her to thank her. Yes. Before I want to she say passed. thank you for introducing my mom into church, even though it took a different route for my mom. <laughs> a little different. But little my mom would have been totally different, something else, if we didn't have church. Like, right. I wouldn't have known you guys. I wouldn't have different type of structure. We would have had a different life. Totally. Completely. Yeah. So I thanked her for that. Just like a whole different chemistry, because when a when people are not like raised in church culture, there there's just a different dynamic about life because your church culture family and that whole thing, you literally become immersed, especially in small churches. And like there's such an immersion of like you the lines are blurred from you're my family. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you're my friend and we have no blood relation, but I'm closer to you guys than my family and that like yeah. The outside they don't understand that. They're like, you know, for years, Curtis was would always tease us, you know, we're, we're over church because every day there was something that we needed to to he be swore, at. He swore you didn't like us. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember <laughs> that. I remember that. Like, she hates you. Why do you keep coming around, Joanne? She really hates you. Are we going to oh go God, with that story please. again? No, no. <laughs> love. But it's love. What, Shannon, what... Do you remember about coming into like just church culture, church family that you could you kind of scoped out like they're these people are pretty tight. 
Yes. But there's 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 a small number in them, but they're like tight, like very. And I noticed that. What's their commonality here, and how do we fit in? And what do you remember about Cookie or myself? Like, are your maybe your first impressions? I don't know. You sat alone. I remember being in church and just scoping out everybody. Lola had the tambourine once uh, singing um, worship came on. Lola had the tambourine. She was young, and I remember looking at her like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. this is a church that they get into it. Because at that other church, they were on a, a schedule. Yeah. We didn't talk to anybody but only Sister Rachel and her kids, and that was it. And we left agenda. Just boop, 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 and right. we're done with it. This one, like, you could tell you guys were tight. Lola was into it. She was right there with her, sitting next to her mom. That I wasn't used to as well, because once we could just run away from my mom, yeah. we would just sit take somewhere off. else. Yes, we would be somewhere else across the whole thing. She was. You're like, we really don't know you, so we're going to sit on the other pew. <laughs> and so I was like, oh my god! I remember thinking she likes her mom. She likes to be by her mom because she's right there singing and dancing with her. She's on a tambourine. Wow, that just blew observing my mind. people's chemistry with their family. Yeah, you were just a. A two rows or something away from your mom. Uh, still in her vicinity? Yes. Yeah, but her vicinity. I ain't gonna be on her lap. Anthony was... I remember Anthony just making sure everybody was good. Checking everything because he was right behind your tata. Um, and just seeing you guys the way you guys talked to each other. It was... You guys were joking, laughing afterwards and it was really good, and I just thought... Church was fun. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is a whole different scenery. You're like, wait, no are one's we going to stay here with these that. people? Right, right. <laughs> oh, what are we going to do? What is my mom going to do? And Cookie was quite young. Know. When yeah. you came, she was a little babe. She was, gosh, if Renee was seven or eight or six or seven, a couple she of years older. Eight, yeah, eight years old. She was a child. Mm-hmm. Well, how much older are you... I'm five years older than Renee. Shannon's two years older than me. Or three. Well, I'm 39. I'm younger than you. Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> you know, for the record, Joanne is always the oldest. So maybe you're like six. No. So I'm 42 right now. Oh, you're 42. Oh. oh. We're only three years apart. Oh. She just seemed younger, though, Mom. Yeah, she did. And we always felt like Karen was the oldest, even though, like, me and Karen yeah. were always the oldest, but Karen bounced. Like, she oh, wasn't yeah. trying to Instant, stay. Instantly, I yeah. remember when she hooked Instant. up with George and they started their family, you know, she only stayed a minute after that. But even in her teenage years, when we were barely going to Putters, when we met you guys at the house, she was already, gosh, she was, what was 11, 12, 13, 14, 15? She was 15, which was already... She had a boyfriend, and she was about to be pregnant shortly after that. Right. So she wasn't in the scene for too long at all. That's yes. That is, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start some questions that I jotted down for you guys. And here are some of them. I will start with Valentina Montes Brown. Here's some questions. As you grow older... What tags at your heart the most concerning your journey to wholeness? Like, what stands out to you, like, the most in your your own journey in life to just, like, 
this awe moment of I need to pick up some of these pieces or I need to relearn certain behaviors so that I can continue with my own mental health to bring it all together. You know, like, I don't know. That's a very broad question, but like... Yeah, it is. What takes at your heart the most that you know you need to, like... I need to be on top of this because this may be like an obstacle to my next like the lord just shines a little light on our own kink sometimes and because we're like we're like we're there ready to be like even in your business and people contacting you to use their brand of balloons because they see you dominating this particular area and in, in the balloon industry like and that's all tied in your purpose so like what takes at your heart the most that you know like hey i'm going to work on this because if i get this I could be unstoppable, especially at this age in our lives. And that's a big question to start with, by the way. I think the main thing I can say is I just have to keep moving forward in my walk with God. Um, That you recognize that that ties into everything that's overflowing. Yeah, because I have nothing if I don't. I mean, I'll have stuff. If I don't follow God, but nothing is going to be blessed unless I follow God, unless I keep just, and it's not that I want to give up. I don't, I don't ever think about giving up. I don't ever think about, you know, just not moving forward. Right. But, uh, I just have to keep going. I like, I was talking to my dad the other day and I'm like, I just, I see myself like um, I'm a little kid and the Lord is just like taking me from one obstacle to the next obstacle and it's he's like in front of me and he's just like come on okay we're done with that let's just keep going let's just keep going yeah and so I always think about that like I just have to keep moving forward I don't know almost like not to ever be satisfied or live in complacency because you're thirsty for the next because you have tasted the anointing and to live in it so you can you can have a hustle and you can provide for yourself but if you we if we learn to get our hustle and live under his anointing and merge that together we're unstoppable yeah exactly like our that anointing just gives us catapults us to like be so effective to merge those two and when I say hustle I meant like knowing more so your purpose and your talents and your gifts and merging those things and not being like because it's easy to like succeed at something and you get comfortable and then you start growing a fear of what's next because I have to continue to learn because like I told Cookie the other day, class is always in session. Even when you think you're not learning, you're still picking stuff up. Even as children, we're like, children are sponges. I think adults don't give themselves enough credit. We're still sponges. We're still learning. And the moment like you stop learning or stop wanting to know even about yourself, that's complacency and, and to get so comfortable in it. And the devil's so happy when we're we're comfortable on the couch not working in the anointing of our hustle and it's not even like 
monetary. It's not like Absolutely. my business. Right, it's right. Not any like um, tangible thing. Mm -hmm. I want the intangible when it comes from God. Like I want. Uh, I don't ever want him to stop showing me things. I don't ever want him to stop talking to me. But all this business stuff, it's good. It's an added bonus. But the thing that I want and the thing that I keep going forward for is to hear from God. And I just want him to take me where he wants me to be. The anointing. You know, yeah. That's, that's my main thing. And that's what I've come to, I guess, look forward to every day when I talk to yeah. him and... I'm getting emotional now. When I read the you, Bible. You know the the flickering of a candle? And when you go and you blow on it and it gets a little it like it it just keeps flickering, but how it, it, it you give it that I don't know, that air that it needs to to yeah. go brighter, like the fires that's happening right now, to just have that wind and the fire being the presence of the Lord and his anointing is what you thirst after I think because you're so almost if not addicted to evolving to not settling Oh because yeah, everybody yeah. else settled it in our role models and you're like why didn't you go further why did you just park there and were content with that and you didn't fan the flame so to speak of just his presence yeah. in your life when you read the bible like in the mornings I saw that the Bible was open and that's the best time because it's before anything else and just to live in his or to hunger for it to thirst oh, yeah. for it I don't know how to explain it any yeah. other way like the no, world it's... the world will look at us like what are, what, ex excuse me I'm <laughs> yeah. just trying to drink my coffee before I go to work <laughs> but to have that moment of this space and time where my husband's still asleep and my children are still asleep and I'm seeing the monetary overflow of my obedience of that time alone because he's he's going to give you the peace he's going to give you like all this benefits of his presence that is unseen but it also overflows you see it in your I see it in your life how your obedience overflows even to the favor of your children and, and your husband just recently being baptized like that's like huge to me but I'm all like just I don't know how to explain the obedience to be consistent in your alone time with him because yeah. that's when he speaks to you the most I oh, think yeah. like, for me anyways to a point where I'm about to cry you almost feel like He's in the room talking to you. Like if well, your tangible, is, if your heart is open and your spirit is open and you're open to receiving what he has for you, you feel like he's in the room. Like the, like when I was younger and I would read the Bible, that thing didn't make any kind right. of sense to me. I'm like, how do these people get a message out of this? Nothing you're like, where thou goest. Where thou go with you, and I'm all like, "What? Can we talk English?" And so when I'm reading, I'm like, "Is this like the Bible for dummies?" Because it makes so much sense, but I'm open to receiving what it has to say. And so it's like every morning the Lord is like, 
like me and you are talking that's how clear it is that's awesome and before you were just reading these words that were like eh, and why i don't get it why do you want me to read this thing <laughs> because if i sit down and i keep my life so busy and i open a book and it says noah but got this person and this person but got this person and david but got this what how does that well, how is that going to teach me not to strangle somebody who's pissing me off at work i'm a begot a case that's what i'm a begot okay and, and, and but just turning the table of let me take the time to reflect and and, and basically um detox from maybe a schedule a busy life and to be like no let's break that down to saying this is basically the lineage of jesus and everybody that lived before him that led to the savior if even being born that there was prostitutes in his lineage that there were yeah. crooks and, and people of just low low budget kind of self-esteem life and choices but all of that led to jesus so if they if jesus jesus could be born through some ratchet his uh, genealogy then I, that makes me i can step to him with all my mess mm -hmm. and say you know you were born of not the best circumstances but you came and you conquered the world so if that if you could do it as and come down wrapped in flesh through all of that trauma and craziness then that makes me come to you with all of my mess but you don't get that depth of revelation until you start sit down quietly and then like he'll he'll take it to your your level of understanding and i'm like okay so when i walk around so and so forgot so and so and yeah so and so well you know i jesus i forgot jesus and jesus forgot me and i'm gonna be okay yeah even yeah. when my heart is broken you know yeah. shannon yes. would you like to uh add anything First of all, I forgot the question, but <laughs> like, what's the I'd one say, thing that nags at your? Where are you all? Where are you first in your walk with the Lord? Like, we were raised in church, but we all know being raised in church and having that whole schedule and curriculum of church culture, you still wake up one day just jacked up and mm -hmm. broke, and you're like, wait a minute, I know, t I need to learn this God for me. Not for what people are telling me he is or what sh how they're showing it to me or what who begot who. But how does this relate to Shannon and like where was your moment? Which by the way, Shannon has just recently herself been baptized. Yes. When, when was that? Uh, April? Of 2020, right? Mm-hmm. Just this year. Did 2020 get your attention? Is that why you made that choice? No, it's been bugging me for, I've wanted to for a couple of years. And then I realized, oh, I can't. That's when we, me and Cook were going to do that together. And I realized, oh my God, I can't do it because I'm living with my boyfriend for eight years. And not married. We're not married. So I cannot do that. I did not realize technicality <laughs> yeah we had to cancel That's, our barbecue yep we had to cancel everything <laughs> and did, couldn't do it yeah. so then i still wasn't pushing marriage i was still saying no to him um and he wanted to get married but you didn't yes correct okay. it was my my issues and so that one day i was just like you know what i don't see myself with anybody else i don't want to be with anybody else i do want to grow old with you i could definitely i want to see where we go 
let's get married to make it official and I could get baptized because I really he knew I wanted to get baptized and so we got married in 2018 at the end 2019 it's like a blur because I got a new job and it just it took over everything for me that was a hundred percent of my life your job just, yeah it was crazy um and you work in what field insurance so it was an insurance medical insurance broker Dang, yes insurance broker years? yes holy insurance cow broker. yeah i didn't realize how long i waited to get baptized until every the pandemic was hitting and i was like okay if i go i if i catch this i know i'm gonna go there's no way i could survive this but the pandemic you mean the coronavirus the coronavirus hitting yes. your my physical asthma, body yeah. allergies everything just you, hitting me my you lungs fit in that sick. category yes. of you you're gonna die yes and yeah. i thought i do not want to die without being baptized without knowing the depth of what i had seen all the adults in my life talking about and even talking to you two and the the relationship that you guys have with god i was like i don't want to die without knowing that that next level that i could have gotten to and i didn't go so i contacted you guys, you guys said Pastor Cameron and did it. And we were like, oh, happy day. <laughs> <laughs> and since then, it was so refreshing. It felt so good. But now I want to get that relationship with God. I really do. Like, I hear, uh, I guess, I don't know if it's him. And that's where things, I don't know. Karen, my older sister, tells me it's your gut, your conscious, your your inner that voice feeling is the the holy spirit talking to you it's god talking to you so you think you're it's just your sixth sense or something i'm feeling this i'm not going to do it no that's god telling you so i have to learn to hear god and to know that it's god i'm trying to get closer that way because i i don't to have the wisdom to know if it's shannon the lord or the devil right yes to have that uh that um, discernment, Dis yeah, to know discernment. that discernment, yeah. Valentina, do you have anything to add to that? Mm -hmm. I, I remember my papa used to always say, because I asked him, "How do you know when the Lord is talking to you?" Yeah, right. And he said, "This is what he said: You know that you know that you know that it's Him because He's not audible. I, some people might." hear him right. audible but that is not my story i've i've never it's just it could be a thought it could be like yeah it is a thought because he's not audible but it's the sweetest thought it's you just it won't let you go a different route you know what i mean like when you hear the lord like my doctor said you'll just know and when the enemy talks to me, he doesn't talk to me in a soft voice. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just these loud thoughts that just come and just try to overtake everything. Yes. And pastor's the one who told me that. Pastor David, because uh, when this whole COVID thing started, I thought I was freaking having a nervous breakdown. So I called him and he goes, the enemy is the one who just yells. The enemy just takes over. And he goes, and all these thoughts that you're having, 
it's the enemy just trying to throw you off. And then I started listening to praise and worship and stuff and all that went away. But yeah, when the Lord speaks to you, it's just this calm, calm feeling. You know, like you just know. And now I get what my thought was said. Because I'm like, how do you just know that you know that you know? But you do. I know. I've asked God to, when I pray, I've asked God, show somebody that I trust. If, if I'm contemplating on something, uh, something's bothering me, anything that I want to answer from him, because I don't know 100% it's his voice. I'll ask him to show somebody, show this person. Confirmation. Tell this person, yeah, what I want to hear. They might not know what they're about to tell me, but you give it to them and they give it to me. And I've had that every time I've ever been confused about something. Somebody will call me and, you know what, God just put this in my heart to tell you this. I don't know what it means, but he's, I questioned him and he said, just tell her like that, she'll know. And this is it. And I'm like, oh my God, that's my answer right there. I know right now. So... It's I, I, I envy those that really can because like my older sister, my mom has that because I've used her. You guys have that. And I've had God tell you guys and just a little couple words and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. So that's where I want to continue my walk. Stay strong with it and talk to him Good. to build that relationship with him. And what does... It's in the same category, I guess, in the same conversation we're having, but what does wholeness look like to you? Like, in just one brief sentence, like, if you were selling wholeness to somebody, if you were selling this thing that this is going to get you to to your own purpose, like, what does wholeness look like to Valentina? Wholeness? Wholeness is, to me, being free from myself. Absolutely. 100%. Boom. Nailed it. Wholeness to me is... Say it again. Wholeness. What wholeness means to me is being free from myself. Yeah. I think wholeness... To Joanne would be the freedom number one to be Joanne without reservation. But but what I learned my wholeness meant, and we talked about it, I would have to backtrack and take myself back to the 70s, take my back myself back to the mid 70s, and just to reparent and walk Joanne through some kinks in the road. And, and in walk her through some issues that or behaviors or cycles, patterns, ideologies that Joanne picked up from 70s, 80s and were already in her herself in the 90s and when the millennium hit. But that would be my definition of wholeness is would, would be to trust God enough to take me back to the places that I could relearn things that maybe I picked up that weren't right 
because we are our biggest supporters, but we are we are our biggest sabotagers. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know if that's a word, but you get what I'm saying? Yes. Like we sabotage our potential, we sabotage our wholeness, and we sabotage just our 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 joy uh, in our mental health because we're not picking up why we do what we do. Like, why did I just say that? Why do I get mad when X, Y, and Z? Or why do I get defensive? Why do I build walls and not gates that have access codes to them that not everybody, you know, I'm not gonna build a wall, but I'll build a gate and, and you can have the key. Because not everybody deserves access to our hearts and our lives. That's when we start shedding away friendships. Mm -hmm. And the higher the Lord calls you to, and the more dimensions requires you to visit memories, experiences, behaviors that I, I, I found that like if I'm gonna be me and be just whole, which by the way is a lifelong process. You don't graduate wholeness right. and get the diploma until you uh, die. So to speak. But that's what I learned. Number one, wholeness is a journey. It deserves revisiting things and going into rooms that you just locked up, never talked about, or and my kryptonite was disappointment. If you disappointed me somewhere along the line, boom. Shut down right there. Yeah. That was is kryptonite to me. I am so sorry, I didn't mean to get emotional. But okay. just to embrace your your just fragileness so that it can become strong. Yes. Taking embrace that weakness and make it. It has been the most absolutely positively most liberating thing I could ever like tell a person do. Go on this journey to wholeness as a woman because women are God's superpower. How he uses women on the earth and in for his kingdom, I don't know if he has just the special place in his, in his heart for women. Yeah. But to, to them to know their journey, to go on it, that is the biggest thing that I would ever want to be like, Joanne, what is wholeness to you? Go on that journey, just jump in it like a pool. Because when you jump in your journey and let the Lord just rock your whole world and, and put your pieces back together. And where we lack is we assume that life is putting the pieces of a puzzle back together and that's your wholeness, no. Wholeness is not a puzzle that you're trying to put back together because we are mosaics. And mosaic pieces are all these broken pieces that the Lord puts back together but differently. And a mosaic is something that you can put on your window and see yes. all the colors of these broken pieces that outbeat any puzzle put back together. So you have all these mosaic pieces of all like, that's when one time I broke. That's one time I got disappointed. That's one time somebody violated me. That's one time my daddy left me and didn't come back. That's one time my mama maybe hit me too hard. All that. That's that, that mosaic that he went back and he just 
retaught you some things and healed you and there is your mosaic. Yeah, that'll be so gotcha. beautiful to him. Wanna add something, Cup? Um, or we can go on to the next question because I'm all broke. Let's go on to the next. All right. What is <coughs> apologize? That's the water. What is the 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 thing you like most about yourself? Oh God, this is a hard question, Joanne. So Dude, I'm broke down. I might I might not even put this podcast out. I'm so sorry, baby. Let's see. The thing I like most about myself. Oh my God. I want to know why is it a hard question? This question in an interview when people said, what are you, when they always said, what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? Absolutely, because those are the questions I'm going to ask you. But why is it hard? I want to know. Because just like your previous question, you said it's so easy. We're our worst judge or our worst critics. So, especially women, oh my God, worst critics ever. But if somebody said, so it's hard to point out a, if somebody said, Joanne, what do you like most about yourself? Well, you don't have a oh, problem you answering You are that. a whole different type of woman. <laughs> but I would be like, you know what I like, I like most? This, this, this about me. You would have fingers and fingers. But you know why? Because you're confident. Because just one day, I would... I really think... I, I, I can't even prove it. It's like this some... She's it's this... You guys are it's just like this some hypothesis that that I I, I came to that I was just born like with this extra piece of chromosome in my body that just gave me this glimpse of my wholeness like I was born and he's all this is your wholeness and I was able to see it like visually tangibly mentally spiritually emotionally psychologically and I was all like I like that mm-hmm. and I see those I see that in me so I'm gonna piggy bank off of that and I'm just gonna be like well Joanne what do you like about yourself what do I not like about myself because if I critique me I critique the God who made me mm-hmm. oh, yeah. you know yeah so when Jesus came down he was fully man he was perfect in every way but he did model life for us that the apostles passed down, but like if I can say, Joanne, what do you like about yourself? That I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And I'm just a mosaic. My life is a mosaic. My life is a song. I'm like a Mary J. Blige song slash I don't know you whatever the happiest song is on earth to to yeah. the saddest song. Yeah. It's a melody and I embrace it all and it makes me mm-hmm. like I'm temperamental. But not to be so hard on myself that like, oh, Joanne, you have a temper? Well, let's work on, it's okay to be mad, but don't go spew out and curse somebody out because they cut you off in the road and you don't even drive. Right. You got the audacity to have road rage and you don't even yes, drive. You don't even drive. So <laughs> like to work on qualities that could be worked on, but knowing that you're just, you're, you're you. Mm-hmm. And Jesus made you. God made you. He took the time out of his whole life or I don't know, the whole world just to make me. So if he thought I was worth making as jacked up as I would come out in a broken world, I just like, 
who am I to even be like, you know what, Joanne? You don't, you ain't worth nothing. And when you look in the mirror, you're ugly, or you're fat, or you're pissed off, or 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 whatever qualities. Did I have low self-esteem? Yeah. All you're born into it. You know. You look at your life and you're like, well, you know what? I didn't have the perfect life or the perfect childhood, but I I, I just always Made it the best. I always thought there was. I just had this greatness that I understand better. Like today, where I'm supposed to go, what anchors me more? Mm-hmm. It just came in a whole path of suffering. I was like, oh my god, if I just suffer one more season, I'm gonna jump off a roof. <laughs> you're gonna see me like, but you know, they see that joke in me. But uh, just to know, like, Valentina, what do you like most about yourself? Like, what is your thing that you know what? I don't care if this world goes down in flames. This is who I am. My identity in relation to God, who He says I am, this is what I'm going to base my totality on because He believed in me and loved me enough to create me. Shoot. You better ask somebody who I am. And if they don't give you the right answer, I'm okay what people think about me. I'm okay if you see me in a certain aspect. That's, that's your pedal. But for me and my household, we finna serve the Lord. Even though I don't have a husband or kids, this is my household. We're gonna we're gonna go out better than how we came in. So how yes. can you not think you're great? How like I just don't even understand Cook thinking trying to sit there and, and think about how great how she great is. she yeah, is true. and like try we to come up so many. What's you know, I'm all like number one, you put up with me. Like how great is that? I think your mind is amazing. You get bored in a second, and you create another job for yourself, <laughs> and you you kill it. You just you invent. Yes, you're an inventor. Look around your home and look at all the different jobs. It's easy that you for can do. someone, and I'm not knocking, and I don't want emails, and I don't want calls or texts. But it's it's easy for some women to come from where she came from and just to sit there and stay in their brokenness and collect welfare yeah. with no aspirations of making a life or a legacy yeah. and, and and that just is not in everybody that I want to say eye of the tiger because I am lacking terms <laughs> but this eye of the tiger that says you can crap on me all you want you can leave me hurt me and do everything to me life but I'm going to reinvent myself every time. And I'm not going to get bored. And I'm not going to settle. Because I'm going to conquer the world in the domain that the Lord gave me. And my talents. And my yep. burdens. She's a very compassionate person. She knows you're hungry or you need this. Yep. She will be there. Yep. She will be there. And you don't get that a lot. You just don't. Because like I said, it's easier for a woman just to... Or anybody in general to come from such brokenness and... And just that, like, all these stereotypes, like, they were real. Yep. Like, they call them stereotypes for a reason. Like, you know, my daddy didn't raise me. My mama left me. My grandparents raised me. But they were too busy doing church to take the time to raise me. Yeah. And all these things. And the only one I had was my father because he had my back 100 and the Lord took him. So here I stand alone as a child, adult child, trying to do life with the tools they gave me but that I needed to sharpen because yeah. our tools can become so 
dull if we don't be like, but what does the Bible say? Like, okay, this 2020 popped off, but what does the Bible say? When I'm anxious because I got a, a, a tickle in my throat and I swear I got the COVID, but what does the Bible say? Like, to, to our lenses need to be changed on how we see ourselves. So when I ask the question, what do you, what, what do you like most about yourself? You need to have an answer because I, I guess, have an answer. I guess I can say that what I like about myself is my strength to never letting my past control me. Right. Um, everything that I've been through, not having a mom, not having a dad, being raised by my grandparents who I adore, um, I didn't let that, uh, I didn't feel sorry for myself. And I didn't, Your super, that is your superpower. I didn't just, um, I mean, I did use drugs, I did drink, but I had the best childhood. I had the best upbringing. Yeah. Um, my grandparents didn't have anything to do with that, and I don't want to give my parents not being there uh, that credit right. to uh, me want. using drugs and me drinking. And, you, know. you know, of course, I was missing something. Mm -hmm. I was having fun while I was doing it, but it, but I didn't. Stay you there. own it, like you own it, and you moved on from it. Oh yeah. I didn't yeah. stay there. I didn't let that, because I knew that's not where I was supposed to be. The whole time right. I was using, the whole time I was drinking, I knew that that's not where I belonged. Mm -hmm. And I knew that there was something better than that. Like looking at my family and looking at my mom and dad. My mom is somebody that I avoid being like my whole entire life. Yeah. And I guess yeah, what I like about myself is uh, my strength for overcoming every every in my life. Absolutely. And I think one of the triggers that we have is like there's always this one person, and, and, and for a female, it happens to almost always be, in my interpretation, another female who we mentally hang a picture of in our in our psyche of that's exactly who I do not want to be like. Like oh, we yeah. mm -hmm. we spend more energy mm -hmm. not wanting to be like that model of a person. It could be an apparent, it could be whatever. And for men it's usually men like we just have this measuring stick and I and I had this one I had like a couple. And I was all maybe I had three, I don't know. But I was all like I had these pictures in my mind. You are my measuring stick of exactly how not to be mm -hmm. but I had to check myself in the sense of to not go further and just despise that mm -hmm. that there had to be forgiveness in that but still I'm going to forgive you mm -hmm. I don't care how long it takes I'm going to work on this forgiveness because you're up there in my head a picture of who I don't want to be for a reason so there had to be some wounds of exchange going on mm -hmm. that traumatized us enough to be like mm. You know, I do not want to be like you because everything about you and your life that you have made so far has impacted me so much that if draw attention that I had put a mental picture in my head, you are my measuring stick of who I don't want to be, of how you mothered me or how you related to me or whatever. And I, I had to like make those connections. Like I can't 
afford to give you energy in that area of despising or not forgiving you because that hinders my growth. You are not worth my wholeness. Yeah, and I told her when I was a little girl, I remember she would be at the Christian home and then she would come visit for yes. like a weekend. And I remember uh, I was probably younger than Eliana because I remember sitting inside her suitcase. She had come from a Christian home and I remember sitting inside her suitcase and I just remember, I might get emotional, and I just remember looking up to her and she was singing, my mom was singing. Wow. And I just remember thinking, oh my God, I want to be just like her when I grow up. You know, she's so strong, she's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. I want to sing exactly like her. And then she met, like little by little, she started changing and then she met her husband. Mm -hmm. And then I, I don't know how old I was, but I just remember thinking, God, I don't ever want to be like her. Like, I don't want to be, have a husband like that. Like, at yeah. that age, I don't think I was thinking, like, I don't ever want to marry a man like that or anything, but I don't ever want to be as weak as she is. Yeah. Like, all of Right. Time, Absolutely. Just, like, she's not this strong person that I thought she was. She's letting this man control her. This mm -hmm. man beats her. She... She can't do anything. She's just so weak. What happened? Yeah. And I, when I lived up the street uh, years ago, I told her, I said, Mom, you know what? I used to want to be like you when I grew up. When I was a little girl, I was like, I just remember thinking, I want to be exactly like you. Right. I said, and then you met Gary, and I, I, I don't ever want to be like you. And she goes, really? You wanted to be like me? And, like, when she said that, it was like, I wonder if she knew how I felt. Like, she was an inspiration to me when yeah. I was little. Mm -hmm. yeah. If she knew somebody looked up to her, admired her, and admired her, would she have, have been changed. different? Yeah, you know, would she have stayed strong? Mm -hmm. But she didn't take the time to get to know me. You know, she didn't take the time to, like, be a mom. There right. was this disconnection. So, yeah, and then when I had Eliana, when they told me that I was pregnant with Eliana, I immediately, when they said I was having a girl, immediately got scared. Oh. Because now I'm a mother to a daughter. That's going to be looking up to you. That's going to be looking up to me, and I don't want her to ever feel like I felt how I felt against my mom. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I always said, like, I... Uh, I was scared I wasn't going to live up to her expectation because my mom didn't live up to mine, you know? Mm -hmm. And so every day, every day, I try not to disappoint her so she can ever say that. Right. I don't want her to ever say that. Have any reason to say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But. That's huge. I just, I mean, I'm, I'm involved with her, you know? So I hope, I hope that I'm, and I pray, God, just. Oh, every day, help me to be a better mom t the next yeah. day, and help me to be a better mom than I was yesterday. You know, like to get the revelation dog. of, I want to raise children who who, who uh, grow up to be adults who are not in therapy yes. from yeah. Yeah. from my lack or overdoing it, 
but also having the balance i think it's so tricky and i'm not a parent of course but having the balance to show your own humanity you know because as children you saw strong a strong mother you admired her and you wanted to be like her and her fall from grace to to the total opposite of that just yeah that just like oh my god you just disappointed me on so many levels you went from being 100 to zero and you know it's and then it drives you to be a better mom and knowing you were never gonna do what she did but like it was still something you experienced and something that you lived through and something that you saw something that you you still have to deal with like on an ongoing basis like her mother will call her and maybe disappoint her or or want to still use her in ways that a mother should not use her child and why did you raise those two but not the rest and you probably did more damage to the ones you did raise than well, the ones you gave say that. you know why, it's why did you keep them and not us nothing no. nothing is oh. black and white there's so many shades of gray in life you can't me even and, me and anthony talk about that like the ones she raised had it a lot worse than oh, we did yeah uh-huh yeah and you almost, you almost have yeah. to say thank you yeah okay. thank you for 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 not raising your thank you for thank you pain knowing thank you thank you struggle thank you childhood thank you disappointment thank you like like my dad uh said one time and i i had to tell him like stop giving yourself so much credit for not being there for me because he said you're just mad you need to forgive me for not being there for you and i said i hate to say this to you but I thank God that you didn't raise me. And you shouldn't give yourself so much credit for that. And I told my mom that too. Whether they got their feelings hurt or not, they just, please stop. Yeah. It's not even about you. I had a great life. Sure, I missed you. But that, I I forgive you like for not being there. I'm, I'm glad you didn't raise me, you know, at the... Being a child, yeah, I, I wanted to be there. But now, looking back, I had I had a great childhood. Yes, you were and if, the woman to If I was going to be anything like my brothers, thank you for not raising me. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just like, to come to that point in your life where I just need to thank everybody who hurt me. I just need to thank yeah. everybody who disappointed me or yeah. did anything to the effect where it created a big trauma or a small trauma because yes. there's so many traumas because you know our testimonies our stories aren't were not somebody kidnapped us and held us against our will and violated us every day for 30 years and didn't feed us but bread and water <laughs> that is not our story to be on some big show and say we had the small teas that trickle down and one day you have you're walking around with this big old backpack on your back of all these small teas these small traumas and I need to unpack this and all I need to do at the end of the day is say thank you because mm-hmm. when I look in the mirror of whom I am today, broken or whole or on the process, I'm still fearfully and wonderfully made. Yep. It doesn't exactly. take away from my totality of being a child of the Most High. And I told Curtis too, I said, if everything that I went through... Uh, if everything I went through in life can heal somebody, yes. then everything I went through was worth 
Mm-hmm. It was yeah. worth it. That's your superpower. Yeah. That's that's the magic. To I mean, know. I don't use me, me, mean to use that terminology, but that is mm-hmm. boom. That's like the drop the mic moment because people are so good at um, nurturing their wounds and not even trying to grow for we'll them to let them you know, like, I went through this yes. to find somebody else who may go through the same thing that I can say, hey, look at me. It's possible to survive. Yes, exactly. It's possible to overcome. Exactly. It's possible to live again, to be happy. You're going to make it through. It's, it's yeah. this, look, I'm on the other side of it. What you tell me a, a year from now, just give it a year. Yep. Because you're going to look back and be like, just give it a year. Oh my gosh, I did it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there, there's life after heartbreak. Absolutely. Yes, exactly. There is life after a jacked up childhood, whether yeah. it was a little bit jacked up, a lot jacked up, because you look back and I, you know, I came to a point where I had fun. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I had fun, but there was dysfunctional patterns and cycles yeah. that my mom couldn't break in her generation. Right. In her generation. But that is not to reflect my generation. And the womb, and the people that I birth, whether they be children, dreams, passions, gifts, or whatever the Lord made me for. I mean, we all are women. We birth some vision. And what happened, what my mom didn't stop, damn it, you, right here. It stops, yeah. like, right yeah. now, like, today, every day, and to come to that all moment that pinnacle in your life you're like Mm-mm, not today devil and not never yes because yeah, i'm exactly. not getting off a legacy for nobody no man so when elena has children and she has a daughter one day she'll be like oh man i ain't even tripping mm-hmm. i'm not fearful of how i'm gonna raise this girl because my mom boom and my dad exactly boom exactly so book it now today not another moment and then to see your mother, it's wrapping up soon, guys, so I'm going to have to stop it and pick up on the second part. But to see, like, I want to pick our mother's brains, like, do we intimidate you? Do we awe you? Do you look up to us? Not that I'm looking for validation, but I want to pick your wounded brain. And I want to know what you think of women who were like, for the rest of my life, you will never see me struggle with what you struggled with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never taste what you tasted. Never deal with what you dealt with. Never accept what you accepted. And never live on the basis of almost. Yeah. I almost could have conquered that yes. devil. I almost could have conquered that dysfunctional man-beating-me relationship. I almost. No. When Jesus died, he canceled that almost life mentality. That stops here. The buck stops here. Piss off the devil every day. That's why he try to get to you. Mm-hmm. That's why he tries to make you. You like we suffer from low self esteem because he's like right there. He's you. right there whispering or yelling, like Cook said. And I'm gonna stop this right now for part two because I have three more questions. So this is the end of part one, ladies. So. I ho- that was one question according to Valentina so hang tight <laughs>